Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. Hey guys. Happy Wednesday. So, I just want to tag Ben's thing there about lies. I felt like, guys, some of you, you're worn out. You're tired, and some of you guys have made compromises, and you feel ashamed, and you feel like, man, I can't do this. I, I don't think I can please God, and tonight I just saw, I saw you making your way back to God with your head down, like, here I am again, but then when you picked your head up, you saw the prodigal father sprinting at you with everything that's in him. And it not being about you and your failure, but about how much God loves you. And I just say to everybody in here, you are so worth all of the blood of Jesus. You're so worth fighting for. You're, you're so worth dreaming for. And every single one of you deserves a full destiny, that you're worth it. And that you're fully loved right now. And there's nothing else that you can do to be loved by God. That it's a free gift. Okay? I just felt that in worship. So I'm going to try to move fast here. Um, I'm going to tell you a story about how I got saved. It's not very profound. It's logical. I didn't see, you know, an angel come down and tell me something. But I had a soccer coach who would not stop harassing me. Um, it was a Holy Ghost setup. I went, can you turn this down? A little too hot. Hot mic here. Yeah, I'm not Ben. <laughs> I don't want to sound like God when I speak. Um, <laughs> and so this guy harassed me, and he harassed me. And I would say, you know, when I'm in your presence, I believe what you're saying. But then as soon as I leave... I'm like, what is that stuff? That's like believing in unicorns or something. <laughs> or leprechauns. I'm just being honest. It's what it was to me. When he, when he preached to me, I believed it. And so uh, one day I went to this Bible study, and, uh, which was a setup. I didn't know it was a Bible study with the soccer coach. And the topic of the Bible study was, could you lose your salvation? And... Um, they did all this talking, and they said, no, you can't. I said, so you're telling me, it's, it's like it's an infomercial. If I sign up right now <laughs> for your little club, <laughs> it doesn't matter what I do when I leave. It's done. And he said, absolutely, it's totally done. And I said, well, this is a win-win. Nothing's on me. It's all on you. And so I went out, and... Uh, I got on my knees and I said, Jesus, be my savior. And I got saved. It wasn't very profound at the moment. But I want to I want to talk about salvation, what it means to be saved. Um, I, I went to a, a certain Christian university one time to, for a. Uh, I was a PA for a speaking engagement. And this is a famous Christian university. And. Um, the speaker who I was with, he starts talking, and it's just a small group of college students. And uh, they say, they come over all serious, and they say this. 
well, do you think you can lose your salvation? Which is funny, that's how I got saved. But, you know, salvation means something so different to me now than it did back then. So they have this conversation, and I just get so frustrated with it. The very thing that got me saved. Do you know that debates can't heal anybody? Nobody ever got saved by a debate. No one ever got any help by a debate. I know I used to do it. Oddly enough, well, debates don't save anybody. It bugged me because it takes the idea of salvation and it allows you to not be close to God and still feel okay. Do you know that feeling? So this was the danger of what happened to me. So the word salvation, it is in the, uh, the Hebrew. It means soteria. It's not Spanish. I thought it was Spanish, soteria. <laughs> and uh, do you know what it means? Someone guess. I usually get wisecracks from over here. T- Trenton, you got one? Okay. Okay, this is what it means. Soteria means deliverance. Okay? In fact, we think it's a theological term, but guys, back in the day, it meant that I'm going to be delivered. In fact, so much so that before it was a theological term, they had a goddess, the Greeks did, called Soteria. And they thought whenever they brought this goddess into a battle, that they would win no matter what. And so why I'm saying all this, guys, is because I don't want you to have a concept of salvation that allows God to be far from you and you feel safe. What if salvation isn't an idea? What if it's a person? What if it's a person? (laughs) Um. There were these two people, Anna and Simeon. They were two old people. And they, they, this is before Jesus came. And they received a promise. And they said, you're going to see the Messiah. And so they went into the temple every day. And they prayed and said, God gave me this promise. I'm going to see the Messiah. And then when they brought Jesus in on the eighth day to dedicate him to the Lord, they said, I have seen the salvation of God. Do you guys know what Jesus means? Father, no. (laughs) It means God's salvation. It means God's salvation. You know, Jesus walked around for three years in ministry. Who can tell me one person who got saved? Did Jesus lead anybody to Jesus? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? All the man did is he walked around and he offered relationship. He offered friendship. He demonstrated the nature of God. His name means deliverance.
And what made Jesus relevant in his day? It wasn't that he was loving. There's been a lot of loving people. But what made Jesus relevant was he had power. You know, deliverance needs power. Do you know that your salvation needs power in it for it to be real, to be something that's not a club you're in, but something that you walk in every day? So the word power. You good, Caleb? Stand up, buddy. Kevin, get up here. Kevin Oakley. Okay. We've got a great demonstration here. Okay. So the word for power in the New Testament, this is, this is a perfect example. I want you guys to know what's living inside you tonight, not tomorrow, not three years from now. Tonight, it's inside of you. I want you to feel it. I want you to comprehend it. What's inside of you? The word for power in the New Testament is dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. Someone say boom. boom. Say big boom. Big boom. 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 Yes. Guys, boom is inside of you, okay? And the actual word, it doesn't mean power like trying to do something. That's effort. What the word actually means is force. So now Caleb, he's an example of effort, okay? So uh, Caleb, this is what's inside of you, okay? Caleb's effort. Will you push Kevin for me? Push him as hard as you can. Okay? All right. Okay. Now, what's inside of you is force. Kevin, will you uh, push Caleb for us? Whoa, okay. Thank you. Wonderful example. Kevin is like the Holy Spirit. Listen, the only reason anybody listened to Jesus, the only reason anybody listened to Jesus was because of power. And I want to tell you that the power inside of you is not effort. It's not like leaning against a wall that won't move. What's our theme right now? Okay. What is inside of you? Boom. That's right. You know, it, it says that we're overcomers. Do you know the only way that you can overcome is if something greater is inside of you than it's coming against you? Do you know the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? What if you never got to feel the deliverance that's brewing in your belly? The actual force that's supposed to save you. Why we can be happy is not just because Things are good in a very basic sense. Our dad is bigger than yours, than theirs. You have the biggest, most powerful dad in the whole world. And I just feel, guys, even right now that some of you guys, you've been trapped in small spaces and you really don't think there is hope. You don't feel like there's hope. You don't feel like there's a way out of where you are. And I'm telling you, this is, this is the truth. What's inside of you is more powerful than what's against you. It honestly is. 
And the enemy is afraid for you to realize that. He wants you to keep your head down in shame, living the life that you lived this past week. You know, it says that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save it. He's not here tonight to condemn any of you. And I'm saying right where you are, God has a way of being deliverance for you tonight. Deliverance is not just a line you cross. It's the person who lives inside of you. It's the person who is your best friend, whether you know it or not. Does anybody feel that? Feel the hope of God? That there is not a hopeless situation in here. There's only lies that would cover up the truth. Jesus said this. He was casting out demons and healing everybody. And he said, uh, you can't enter the strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he's been bound. And I'm just telling you guys, God has made a way and bound the obstacles in your life. And just because it's a process doesn't mean that it's not real. And I just, I feel this in uh, Colossians, I think it's chapter 3. Paul, he does this whole thing. He said, everything I had, I count as loss. And he said that I might gain a righteousness, not of my own, but that, what com- that, that comes by faith. And then he says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You know, you can't even love God till you understand how big and strong he is. That you're loving an image of compassion like a teddy bear. But God is a deliverer. Jesus forced himself everywhere he went. He never struggled a single time. He did what he wanted when he wanted. And that's what's inside of you. Yeah? Is, does that make anybody happy? I got this sneaky smile like, we win. We win. Caleb wins. And so, guys, what I want to do tonight is I wanted to pray for you to have a revelation of the power of God. How can, trust, how can you trust in something you don't see? It's, that's believing in unicorns. God wants to give you an understanding of who he really is and then says, lean on this. And so there's this prayer in Ephesians, and this is Paul. And he he prays three things, okay? And I just, everyone stay where you are. Um, No phones, no tickling, no note taking. I saw tickling earlier, I did, okay? I just want you to close your eyes. And I'm going to pray the prayer of Paul over you, okay? And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened. 
flooded with the light of the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, and the confident expectation to which he has called you. That you would know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And that you would begin to know what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power in us who believe in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, whether angelic or human, far above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things in every realm in subjection under the feet of Christ and to point him as supreme authoritative head over all things in the church. And guys, I just say tonight that what is inside you is completely unstoppable. And God wants you to connect with that reality. He wants you to feel that reality. He wants you to wake up tomorrow and say, it's not a dark day. It's not getting worse. And I just say, if you just hang on to the simple revelation of Jesus, everything you need will come into place. That he will be your deliverance, not just once so you get to go to heaven, but that deliverance would enter your life. And be something you breathe in, something you walk in, something you feel, something that pumps through your veins, something that you get to deliver to other people. And I'll just say that he is infatuated with you. He is obsessed with you. That his heart burns for you. That he died with you in mind. That he knows the plan he has for you. And I'll just pray that God would cause hope to arise in your hearts. And I feel like he wants you to love him as all-powerful. That he wants you to be able to sleep in the boat of your troubles. That he wants to bring some of you guys into childlike faith like you've never known, like you never knew existed. That faith is not grit. Faith is surrender to this great love, to this father who's sprinting towards you, who lifted up his robe so he could go faster to get to you. And that he did not come tonight or tomorrow to, to, to condemn you, but only to rescue you. I'll just say that you guys are called into the ministry of his power. It is the only thing he called you into. He did not call you into self-effort. He called you into connecting to something that's a billion times greater than you are. So I'm just going to pray one more prayer and we can disperse really quiet in here. That's good, I think. Lord, I just thank you for every one of these precious destinies, God. Every one of these precious sons and daughters, God. I just pray that your love would be shed abroad in their heart like never before, God. That no matter where they are in life, that they would see the Father running to them, God. 
And I pray just for revelations to be released like never before in this room of the greatness of the power that was made available and the greatness of the love that you have for them, Father. I just pray that you would make it so simple that you would remove complications in every life and they would just see you as you are and say it was never hard. You never made it hard. You made it so easy. You removed every excuse that we could put in front of us that nothing can separate us from your love. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.